this is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. Well, today we are podcasting directly from Epcot, where we seek out some cozy and quiet corners around the park. As we move throughout Epcot, we discuss happenings around property, from the new Moana attractions coming to the resort, from a new Figment meet and greet, construction on Communicore, Reedy Creek employees losing Disney Park benefits, and the lack of attendance in the parks. And we sample some new offerings at Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival. This podcast comes with lots of little insights about how to make your stay at Epcot a great one. Join us as we seek out the quiet corners in Epcot and share Disney news from every corner. You may also want to check out DisneyInsights.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and give us a rating, review, or referral to others if you could. Also check out, again, Disney Insights, where we can offer key points, photos, videos, links, and more. While there, please subscribe to Disney Insights, where you can be notified of upcoming podcasts. Also, check out our Facebook page, Disney Insights, or and our YouTube page of the same name. By the way, I want to also just express my appreciation for your patience. I know I've been inconsistent with these podcasts um, and I want to get back up to doing a couple of weeks, but with the reality of getting this new book coming out in time for uh, the 100th anniversary of Disney, it's just um, it's just uh, been a little bit of a distraction to getting the podcast uh, done. But hang in there. We're making great progress. Got all of the... Uh, the chapters to the editor and uh, so now we're kind of moving to a new phase and hopefully we'll be uh, able to do a couple of podcasts a week. Well without any further ado let's head on over to Epcot and uh, there's so much to talk about. I am here in the shadows of Spaceship Earth and we are in a portion of the experience which is beginning to wrap around uh, the back half of the attraction. The uh, music in the background, I, I really quite enjoy. It's not something I've learned to memorize, nor have I played it often. But the previous Epcot music was hmm, kind of tiring. I, it, I was um, not excited to hear soundtracks from attractions that had long since gone away although I enjoy it as part of the fireworks at night but uh, this is um, a little bit better in terms of setting the experience as you walk into Epcot all of the new flower beds all of the new lighting fixtures all the new flags of course the fountain at the front of the park uh, all of these things are really contributing to a new Epcot experience, which is really uh, part of, well, it's really the introductory portion of World Celebration, which is slated to open or to be completely open later this year. That time frame keeps getting pushed back, but it is what, uh, what this area of the park is is going to be about and I'm excited I've seen the aerial photos of by reconstruct and others and you can really get a sense one of the things I really love about it is you get a sense of so much more trees so much more vegetation 
uh, there was originally a version of Epcot, or a remodel of Epcot, called Project Genesis, which was very much uh, landscaping focused. This isn't quite that. There's still some open plaza areas, but I think this is going to have so much more than was ever there before, especially after the remodel into or for for the Millennium Celebration in 2000, where the purple tarps kind of covered that area. It was just such a painful area in the heat of the summer to to cross through. It was just feeling very barren, and I hope to see something that that is a little bit uh, less of a plaza and more of a pedestrian experience. So I'm here at um, the exit to Spaceship Earth, which is known as Project Tomorrow, inventing the wonders of the future for the last many years. There have been a number of interactive games and activities focused on health, on energy, on transportation. I'm quite interested to see how all of these games and activities are being utilized by guests walking off a of spaceship Earth. They're not just walking out of the building, uh, but they are taking the time to take in some of these activities. And I mention them because really six, seven years ago, they were a set of interactive games and activities that were really just one portion of a larger interventions experience. Uh, now they're really the only remainders of those kinds of interactive activities. This attraction was supposed to be remodeled and to be revised. And I think with that, this entire section of Project Tomorrow was going to be completely redone. It's been redone uh, a couple of times. I don't know if you remember um, going to the previous remodel where there was... Uh, in the center of the room, a set of simulators that rocked back and forth, and uh, you would you would jump on board these, hopefully at the right time and moment, because it, it could knock you off. Um, but guess we're jumping on at any given moment. Uh, that that was a whole experience of itself. And before then, this was really where guest relations resided. In fact, it wasn't even entirely enclosed. It was covered over, but it was very accessible uh, from the outside. And and uh, guests wanting to make a reservation for dining or had a question for guest relations came in here to uh, take care of those activities. So it's interesting to see that in this little corner of Epcot, there's still a lot of activity. Of course, it helps that it's feeded or fed by Spaceship Earth. But notwithstanding, I think these activities stand up on their own. I think people who I see on their own mobile devices playing games all the time probably appreciate the idea or opportunity to be playing with games here. And uh, this becomes just a little corner of the Epcot experience. You may have seen glimpses of a few, very few people who have had a chance to wander through the new Moana experience here at Epcot. What I've seen of it looks beautiful. I didn't expect otherwise. Again, going back to that um, Project Genesis 
the idea that there'd be more um, garden, more green spaces, this really ties well into it. And it also provides almost um, an entry point to world nature, which is really um, the land and the seas. So together with those two attractions, this is just going to be a really... Um, lovely, wonderful space. Imagination, by the way, which is on this side of the park, is actually slated to be part of World Celebration. We'll talk about it in a minute. But um, the fences have been pushed back further to better um, prepare the area to connect with world nature. And uh, you could see segments of the walkthrough attraction. You could see some good-sized trees, again, uh, from what... Uh, folks have talked about there seems to be a portion of the experience where you can go through and enjoy getting wet something really needed on a hot sunny day as we are currently experiencing this month in central florida or you can bypass that into more of a dry trail so um lots more to come i thought by now at least more cast members would have had an opportunity to visit uh, this attraction tested out. We'd probably see more video. Uh, I th expected by September annual pass holders would, but right now it seems to be even still deferred and not moving as quickly as one thought it might. So more to come on that, but definitely. And by the way, while we're talking about Moana, again, rumors seem to be swirling about that the... Um, Dino uh, land area will be um, changed out to an entire Moana land uh, with the back portion being Zootopia. I think this is going to be a multifaceted uh, construction approach that probably will see three different phases or will reveal itself over, say, a three, maybe even a four-year period. It could be that the spinner attraction and the front half of Moana opens one year, the flume, what seems to be a flume ride attractions opens up the second year, the pedestrian area of Zootopia, the front of it may open up in the third, and then finally the attraction for Zootopia opens up in the fourth. I mean, that's how stretched out it can be, and it could easily be a couple of years before we even see that first year of that four-year layout but it does appear that they are moving forward and it already seemed that way when they presented in d23 last summer the drawings the the in the visioning blue sky process seemed to have gone much further than just here's an idea it seemed to have thought through and with zootopia already opening in shanghai they're going to have a model of what that thing is going to look like and how it could be translated to um, the former, former dinosaur rides. So lots more to come on that. But, uh, but again, we're seeing Moana play out in, in two parks similar to other attractions like Frozen playing out at the studios in Epcot or, or character appearances appearing in, in multiple parks things of that Nemo also playing out in Epcot and over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So you see this and it's there's no reason why you wouldn't see the same thing occur as it relates to Moana. 
Another pleasant little corner in Epcot are the leaping fountains that can be found outside the Imagination Pavilion uh, near the Image Works. And uh, those are really, if you're waiting for the interactive fountains at Moana, you don't have to wait to have fun with fountains because you can experience uh, some, some really fun little uh, sprays of water here in Imagination. There's a couple of things that you can also see while you're in this corner of the park. One of them is when I w went inside ImageWorks or the What If Labs, however you want to call them, there was a large uh, curtain that was masking what was the, the Ralph meet and greet, a Wreck-It Ralph meet and greet area. Now, actually the little tunnel, and I'll show a picture of this, little tunnel where the characters came out is actually still there. And I, I don't know why you couldn't do a Wreck-It Ralph uh, meet and greet right in front of that little tunnel. But it is believed that the other portion, which has is now covered up, is actually going to be where Figment is going to start making appearances. And it seems to me that that will be a costumed uh, character similar to about uh, 15, 10, 15 years ago. So I think that's what you can expect to have happen. I and it's, it's a good thing that inside there, they're, they're emphasizing Figment by having a meet and greet for him. That suggests longevity, possibly, for the Figment attraction. Nothing has been done with the meet and greet area for Joy or, I don't know if Sadness made appearance there, but Joy certainly did in the inside out uh, little meet and greet area. Of course, there's been rumors about adding inside out into the Imagination Pavilion. And while I am one who just really loves the old Imagination Pavilion, I would just be thrilled to see something different happen with this entire piece of real estate. It just could be so much more. It could be really a big draw to this corner of the park. And if they combined uh, Joy with Figment or Inside Out with Journey to Imagination, I'd be fine with that. Just do something, invest in this attraction and utilize Figment, which has been long the, the favorite here. Now, while you're here at the fountains, by the way, there's another meet and greet area that actually is sandwiched between uh, the Image Works and the Pixar Film Festival. It's a little meet and greet area. That's actually where the old Figment character would do appearances. This is with the Disney... Uh, for those who have a Disney Visa uh, card, you can actually go in and visit some Disney characters inside of there. That's a separate one. I thought maybe they might put Figment there, but they they seem to be focused on on putting some of the Fab Five inside that uh, little area. Now, from here at the fountains, you can look across, and there is just a really great view of what is to be Communicore. Um, I'm impressed that the building as its facade seems to be uh, coming into shape that uh, that the building seems even taller and bigger than one imagined before. Right from here you get a, a good view of what will be the staging area for the outdoor concerts in this area. There are six pylons kind of diagonally uh, focused 
toward uh, both the stage and toward the audience. And then there's kind of an outdoor sheltered area as well on the far right. Um, the, the reality of this is, is I don't even see this opening up by the end of the year. This just does not seem to be making progress uh, quick enough. And while it is 6.15, you would think that there would be construction workers even now getting it done, getting it worked on, getting it finished. And you see none of that. Everything looks pretty much dead on a Wednesday afternoon. So Communicore seems like it's still a little bit away from being completed and for us being able to traverse that center section, well, the World Celebration Area, New World Celebration Area of Epcot. Oh, I forgot to mention, and by the way, I've got some photos of this that I'll include at Disney's Insi Disney Insights. There is a, a section that is just to the side of imagination. You know, there's a side path that takes you to World Showcase. It ends up uh, at that temporary Starbucks that was put in. And typically over the years, they've had a couple of booths that were in that location and or a playground, children's playground. I th and usually they put up fences between major um, uh, festival events when they're not using that and they just shutter the thing, which I think is really um, poor show. However, I did notice as I was, again, up above uh, where the fountains were, that that entire area has been completely torn, uh, torn down. There are no, there is no playground. There are no booths. Uh, there is a lot of digging, nothing vertical, but it does look like they have a very different plan or intend to do something um, to completely rebuild that area leading to World Showcase. Another lovely corner of the park are the Victoria Gardens of Canada, which even when it isn't the Flower and Garden Festival, the space still looks beautiful and, and lovely to be with. And of course, the Seille Steakhouse is nearby. And if you just want to take a break and go check out the Kidcot space and let your kids kind of take a few minutes there, my favorite portion is actually walking across the bridge uh, toward the O Canada entrance and passing by the waterfalls, which um, just are really um, were actually remodeled. The whole mountain area was remodeled just uh, a couple of years ago, I think, right before the pandemic and was given a, a loving treatment. Right now, the uh, Hotel du Canada, the, the main building, which is based on I want to say it is the railroad hotel in either, I think it's Montreal, maybe it's Ottawa, uh, but at any rate, it is under a major rehab. Uh, this is something that happens usually about every 15 years to buildings and facades like this. There are actually three floors to the building, the bottom floor being La Celia Steakhouse. The second floor being a retail space that has not been used. I think it's uh, an underutilized space that could be used for meet and greets or any kind of thing uh, that uh, is a possibility. Anything that gives you a little bit more air conditioning. And then the third space is actually an upstairs empty space. 
it could be used for offices. It could be used for anything, but it, it has for years stood just simply empty. Um, but I love this section of the park. And again, it's just the quiet corner, little corner of Epcot. When I did a review of Food and Wine Festival for this year, I did most of it in the back portion of the United K Kingdom Pavilion, which is definitely one of the great little little spaces to enjoy um, just getting away. It's one of the great corners of Epcot and uh, highly recommend it. But, but there are a couple other corners worthy of your attention. And uh, one of them, and this is, I just resist giving this away, but I expect that if you've learned it from me, you will at least offer me a seat when you get to it. There are only three places around World Showcase where you can actually watch the fireworks if by having a seat, by you know getting a seat to watch the fireworks, unless you're part of a, a particular private party. One is at the front of World Showcase, kind of toward the left as you look at the lagoon. Um, one is in Germany, a uh, set of picnic tables. Both of those seem almost like temporary stations. But there is a third, and that is next on the other side of the pub here at the um, um, UK Pavilion. If you come around the right side of the pub you'll find a landing an outside exterior landing and there are about three tables and about a dozen chairs that are there and if you get there early you have a very uninterrupted not only an uninterrupted view of the fireworks but uh it is the only place where you can get a seat ahead of time that actually is covered because this is a covered porch area so if you're a little concerned about rains passing through the area this is, I'm telling you, this is one of the best secrets of visiting Epcot is this little corner. So I feel, I feel concerned to give it away, but if I show up, I hope you'll share it with me at least. Uh, it, it certainly became my son's favorite view when uh, Harmonious was playing and we often found ourselves in this little corner of the park. Speaking of harmonious, well, all of that is long gone, but in its place is a set of, well, t t temporary barges for the current fireworks show. But beyond that, there are pylons for other kinds of something going into the lagoon. And in the far distance behind uh, the Germany pavilion, you can see a crane that is lifting things into place to assemble those fixtures that will eventually go into the lagoon. I think I heard a rumor that, that they are intended to be um, movable. In other words, they would go in and out during the day. I believe that's what I heard. But any rate, work is underway, but it, it seems a long way from actually starting a show. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like Communicore that we talked about a few minutes ago, it doesn't end up being something that's pushed to the front of next year um, because everything seems kind of slow in terms of construction. I'm waiting in line at one of the food booths, well, the one in France. It's got one of the longer lines, always does, and I'm listening to music from the Aristocats. It reminded me of a chapter I just finished yesterday dealing with the uh, with Disney's 10 Old Men, 
and the building of animated films after Walt Disney's passing, Robin Hood, Aristocats, um, uh, Jungle Book, uh, some of the challenges and issues they had at that time. Um, and at uh, any rate, today, I, well, the reason I'm here at Epcot is I'm celebrating the fact that I finally got all the chapters pushed out to my editor. I'm very excited about this book. I think I've mentioned, but if I haven't, uh, the book is going to be in two volumes. The first volume will be out in time for the 100th anniversary in October, and it will cover the first 50 years of the Walt Disney Company um, up until 1973. And uh, it's interesting because there are a lot of parallels between 1973 and 2023, but uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just... Uh, wanting to share how excited I am for this upcoming book. In France, there is a uh, Benet à Trois Fromage, which is a warm Benet filled with a three cheese blend. Think, think of a jelly-filled donut, warm with cheese inside and on the top. Way over the top, actually. It's just, it's almost too much. And I love cheese. It's part of the whole cheese uh, there's there, are, each of the pavilions are trying to feature some kind of cheese dish. This is one of those uh, dishes around World Showcase, uh, but it it was it, it wasn't sweet in any way, but it, it was savory. But it was it was just a lot of cheese, and and the donut portion of the beignet was was fairly fairly greasy in my opinion. The croissant escargot was. Um, so much better. It had kind of a garlic topping on, on the top of it. It the the uh, croissant was a lot um, a lot better tasting in my opinion, and it had plenty of escargot within the center of it. And I I really quite enjoy escargot, so I felt like that's a that was a real uh, better choice than the others. On my scale of one to three, with one being don't ever try it, two being okay. But I wouldn't hurry again. And three being, I've got to do this again. Both fall under two, but one slightly better than the other. The escargot one being just that. Let me just, there are, it's hard to imagine that there are any um, uh, cozy corners in France because the pavilion has opened up with a ratatouille and there's just so much going on in this pavilion, and it's one of the most popular pavilions at Epcot. But let me give you uh, a little corner of Epcot secret that almost always works, maybe four out of five times. If you go to, if you head, if you head into what seems to be the, well, is is the theater attraction for Impression de France, but there's stores, particularly the library gallery on the right side, if you go on the other side of that, sandwiched between those stores and the wrought iron glass um, entrance to the Ratatouille section of the pavilion, you will see clustered in there usually th uh, four tables and about a dozen chairs. And four out of five times, I find that there is an empty table there. Now, mind you, you can also usually find a bench somewhere to sit. But it's nice to have a table, especially when you're trying out different foods from the International Food and Wine Festival. 
just know that's another really great place. I also, by the way, love the library gallery store because so often it will have um, it will have some kind of Paris Disney theme merchandise, but um, more often than not, that merchandise is actually part of Disneyland Paris, and so you get some really great. I bought a great sweater for my wife even before we went to Disneyland Paris to kind of get her excited for that event. And uh, I just, and I love the store. It's got two stories. I remember in the old days, you could actually go upstairs. Uh, that has not happened in, in many a year, but, but it is a, a quaint little store and uh, something worth checking out. Another quiet and cozy corner in Epcot is the Fez House in Morocco. I took a friend of mine the other day, had no idea that this even existed. Hadn't even walked back um, in the portions in, toward the rear of Morocco. This is a problem, I'm by, yeah, I'm talking to you, Joe. But anyway, this is the problem with so many guests is they go along the promenade and they don't venture in. This is full of beautiful mosaic uh, details, wood carving details. The house is a two-story with an open-air interior um, kind of atrium to it. And actually, I'd never heard this before, but I can hear voices from the second floor of the house as if it were occupied. I've never heard that. In fact, this is so funny because in the back portion near um, the original restaurant, I heard voices... Uh, from the from the upstairs there as well. I think this is something that just died out over the years, and so people are trying to uh, resurrect uh, the Morocco Pavilion. So interesting because in the back there is a um, uh, a lift, a chair lift for construction purposes that is behind some planters. Clearly, I don't know if it's just again like the Hotel du Canada; they need to do some repair to the structure or if they're planning on doing something even more major, that'd be so great. New restaurant has gone in over, well, just uh, the old um, restaurant at Japan has been remodeled, but uh, the restaurant here has been closed for many years since before the pandemic. And there's just some opportunities here in this corner of the park again. Oh, and by the way, in the back area, as well as in the Fez house, there's plenty of benches to sit and it's a cooled off area in the Fez house. In the back portion are empty tables and chairs for grabbing a bite to eat and uh, really having the entire place to yourself. It's a very uh, intimate space all through the Morocco pavilion and, and it's one of my favorites. So I'm here at the American Adventure where their booth is titled Flavors of America, and it's trying to take different flavors from different cultures and bring it together. There were two uh, offerings that were really boasted about on another podcast. In fact, they considered it some of the best things they had tasted at the International Food and Wine Festival. So I thought I'd try them out. The first, I, I do have to give the first one the award for most unique item. And of course, that's having to compete with the, uh, the pickle uh, shake this year. But chilaquiles is corn tortilla chips. Okay, so white corn tortilla chips. Nothing special about that. 
but it is tossed in a salsa verde with ranchero chicken, queso fresco, cilantro lime crema, and here's the kicker, and a soft poached egg. Now, I'm intrigued by anything that would involve a poached egg. So I had to try this out, and I have to say, this is a very different dish. Seemingly something you might think would be over in Mexico, but, but hey, I'm open to eating it here, and it was pretty good. Would I come back and get it? Not sure that I would, but the challenge is, is that it's all these different flavors. You really got to figure out how to mesh the thing up, which really probably means you need to kind of crunch up further the corn chips to kind of get that, what I would call a mezcla or mix of uh, flavor all together. Um, but it was unique and very different, and I'm glad that I tried it out. And if you're looking for something different to try, then I definitely would suggest this being one of those dishes during the Food and Wine Festival. They also had the freshly baked carrot cake with walnuts and cream cheese icing. Now, if you heard my first review on the International Food and Wine Festival, I pretty much talked about how carrot cake is kind of the leftover dessert that the American adventure always ends up serving. And it always seems like something that's dialed in. It doesn't seem to be that impressive, but the review on this was that it was. Uh, it did seem freshly baked in the sense that it was warm and moist. I give it that. It almost was more of a spice cake to me. It was compared to a fruit cake in terms of how condensed it was and that there were a lot of walnuts. There were walnuts, but it was nothing close to being a fruit cake. Not that you really want to try that hard to be like a fruitcake. But notwithstanding, um, it was better than I thought it would be. I would still put it as a two. And I'm still searching for a better dessert option here at the International Food and Wine Festival. Two more things I, I thought to cover. Again, I wanted to cover some of the news that's going on at Walt Disney World and elsewhere. A lot of people don't know that right behind the American Adventure is actually the Reedy Creek Fire Department. It's one of several stations they have around property. There's another one by Sarasota or Saratoga Springs. There's another one uh, kind of on the backside of Frontierland. Um, this week, of course, Reedy Creek Fire Department has been um, part of this whole thing having to do with the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And early on, when this was starting up, the, those who were part of that department became vocal supporters of those who were moving in from DeSantis's uh, picks of leaders who would run that improvement district uh, the central florida tourism district i don't even try to memorize that because honestly i just don't see how it's going to last very long but what was the interesting news this week is that that improvement district got the bill for uh individuals who are employees of the improvement district have had many of the same kinds of benefits that Disney cast members have had over the year, but they're, 
but they're not they are not uh, cast members and so there is actually a bill that comes out and it was a pretty hefty bill and it freaked out the new supervisors of the Reed Creek area and they felt like um, this is a joke and it should be you know there should be a board to review this and whether this is legal or whatever you might want to consider or call it and they decided to take away those uh, benefits stating that um, um, stating that the uh, that in their official unofficial survey that many of the employees weren't really using those benefits very much and that it wasn't really important but instead they were going to offer a thousand dollars and then it kind of became something like fourteen hundred and twenty five dollars uh, instead that employees could use to buy annual passes or take care of their um, take care of their bills or whatever they wanted to do as a yearly stipend. Now, that sounds like a lot of money and you kind of get a sense of an annual pass um, being what it is. But what, they, what you don't get mentioned in here is that, that um, a lot of these individuals have a spouse and maybe two or three or more children and all of them had passes to the park and when you go and buy annual passes it's a whole lot more than now they said that they are willing to um negotiate that and maybe make it higher but i I could tell you it but uh one of the things about these passes is that not only did you get them as employees, you got them as retired employees, such as a tenured cast members were receiving that benefit. And again, at any rate, it's just part of the mess. And I feel like uh, the firefighters are who have utilized this experience to um, uh, improve their salary are now having to get it on the backside from this new improvement district uh, governance board. So more to come on that for sure. Meanwhile, I've moved on over to Italy and I just want to talk about one little quiet corner that nobody knows about. Um, The pizzeria, uh, Napoli uh, Pizzeria, uh, has had in the past a window uh, slot or window... uh, counter service kind of thing on the left side of the restaurant uh, where you could go grab a slice of pizza that's currently not in operation not sure if that just opens seasonally but right to the side of it is this quaint little corner and again I'll show pictures in uh, on DisneyInsights.com this little area where you can enjoy that and it has a nice little bench all these really impressive little murals that highlight uh, the, the coast of Italy. And it's, it's really a very cool little corner that a lot of people don't see. So when you're here and you want a, a quiet corner to yourself, you got a crying baby or something, head into this little corner of Italy on the far left side in the back. Although I mentioned the picnic tables in uh, the front of Germany that you could sit at to enjoy the fireworks There really aren't a lot of um, cozy little corners. However, uh, some of the stores have uh, never completely opened from COVID in Germany. 
I'm happy to say that there is um, the store is well the stores on the left as you came in have stayed open from the beginning but the ones on the right have had uh, challenges uh, the front half of the stores which includes crafts and cuckoos or clocks um, and in fact it includes a display of cuckoo clocks and there used to be a person full-time who would actually help explain how to purchase a cuckoo clock and what it consisted of and so forth. Um, there is a variety of cuckoo clocks to purchase from and that store is kind of well equipped but on the other hand the teddy bar uh, store which was essentially the toy store remains closed and in fact has been walled off from the front store which used to be all one uh, kind of store. Very disappointing. There are tables that have been added to Village Traders, but some of the retail here is still closed. In its place, they've created some very unique um, uh, murals that go on the doors. I'll add pictures of those in DisneyInsights.com. We entered the Temple of Heaven in China. I'm sorry, it's not the Temple of Heaven. It's the Temple of Cold Air. And, uh, and then made a left into the House of Whispering Willows. This is uh, China's exhibit area, and it's had a range of exhibits over time. I mentioned this space. Not as a cozy corner, but definitely one worth seeking out, especially on a warm day, for three reasons. One, it, uh, it has cold air and you need some air conditioning. Two, it has chairs, not enough of them, but uh, really cool chairs and benches, notwithstanding. And third, a terrific little presentation that gives you an overview of Shanghai Disney. It's been up for several years now, but if you've not been to Shanghai Disney, you will definitely want to visit this park and check out China after you've gone through not only that exhibit, but all of this pavilion. It is certainly one of those bucket listings you need to have uh, to have done. Not so much just Shanghai Disney, but to have experienced uh, places like Shanghai and other corners, Hong Kong as well, of China to, to really experience what Asia looks like. Definitely worth checking out. And uh, that's why I like this little corner of China. One thing I have failed to mention throughout this experience at Epcot is just how low these summer crowds are. I just went past the Krigley Bakery, the Norwegian bakery. Not one person was seated in that dining space. Not one. And I looked inside the bakery and there, were only, there was only one party ordering anything. And this plays out all through Epcot, the very short lines. Well, there was no line at the, at the American Adventure when I went to order food there. And they, you know, have several stanchions set up for a winding queue that I've often spent 10 or 15 minutes in waiting to order and get my food. So, at any rate, lots of different other places where you could just see it just isn't... There aren't a lot of people uh, here in this park uh, this day, on this Wednesday. It is uh, pretty light. Uh, we're going to move beyond Mexico. I will say on each 
side, particularly on the left side of the temple, but on the outside of the temple is a nice little quiet park area you might want to consider. But the other place I would give consideration to, and again, this is something that's not a secret, but just a lot of people don't know. When you go to La Cantina, which is where, well, you could get food anywhere. You get it at the Mexico booth or any place, but you, during midday, I want to say 11 to 2, it may be 12 to 2, but you can take your meal, your counter service meal, your tacos or quesadillas or whatever, and you can go inside the, um, the restaurant that sits adjacent to the cantina and have a wonderful quiet space filled with air conditioning to enjoy uh, whatever snack or meal you brought. doesn't matter. It's only during those midday hours, but definitely a great place to get away from crowds and heat or rain or cold or whatever may be coming through the area. All right, well, I've been checking out all the cozy and quiet corners of Epcot. My daughter Madison has had her own little Epcot journey, and she's checked out some of the dishes from the uh, International Food and Wine Festival. So tell me what you had a chance to test taste this evening, Madison. The first thing I ate was called the shrimp thai. It was like this broth filled with noodles, shiitake mushrooms, and From shrimp. From Japan, right? No, it was From China? in a kiosk called the Noodle Exchange. Oh, and that's, yes, that opened. Yes. Yes. It's over like by the bridge where you cross over to Mexico. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And how was that? It was good. The only issue I had with it was that they didn't pull out the shrimp tails. So I had to be so I had to pull out each of those shrimp tails before I can eat the shrimp. But mm. other than that, it was still quite good and tasty. So on a scale of one, don't ever do this again. Two, it was okay, but I won't probably eat it again. And three, I gotta go back. Which where did it fit? I'd say two. It was two. good. Mm-hmm. What else did you have a chance to try? Well, I went over to the American kiosk and I tried their Italian hot beef sandwich, which has shaved beef, spicy gardenera, and ujus on a French roll. Yes, very Um, similar to what you get at Portillo's, which we often uh, go to as family. Our son-in-law really loves that restaurant. Um, How was that? It was... Spicy. Oh, like, really? Had a kick, huh? I guess I just didn't understand what gardenera or us just meant. Maybe it no, meant... Uh, aju is just simply the sauce, and usually that's kind of a broth Oh, yeah, and I had some sauce, sauce. on the side. That's the too. aju. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I know it, it had jalapenos on it, but oh, my mm, gosh. That, it was that, that so it. spicy, uh, My and my lips were on fire. It it took a while for the burning sensation to go away. Oh. So I definitely would give that a one. I would not try this again. Okay. Anything else? Well, after that, I decided to treat myself with a carrot cake from that same American kiosk. And I loved it. I think it's right up there with my favorite dessert at Food & Wine, which is the uh, ch- warm chocolate pudding cake. And... It was just so good. Like it was a moist carrot cake with this white creamy stuff on top, which made it even more 
delicious. I I mean this. So uh, yeah, I actually tried it out and talked about it myself on a scale of one, two, three. What did you, what did you find with that? Three. I would definitely eat it again. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. And then next is the my favorite, the warm chocolate pudding cake that is at the UK UK cake kiosk. It's kind of an Irish pavilion. Yeah, I, Irish uh, kiosk and. I've had that, I think, three times during the Food and Wine Festival. I just love it. It's a um, really moist cake with some white creamy sauce on top. And it's even a- though it was not the best thing to eat in this warm weather, I still ignored it because at least it didn't make me feel too hot in each bite. Yeah. It was still fine. I think I'm waiting for cold weather. That has been my favorite dessert in the past, but I just haven't. I just want to try some other things first and, and and not do that. Well, thank you. Thank you for that review. It reminds me that there are several other booths that still haven't opened. And we will uh, come back in a month or two and, and try those, maybe with a little bit colder weather. Just went through the Odyssey, which is really um, the center of the Food and Wine Festival. That's where you get the pickle shake and try all their different wings that are available. Again air conditioned so it's hugely popular i never see tables available but just to play on what i talked about in terms of attendance in the park over half the tables in the odyssey were empty empty without anybody uh sitting or standing at them so again that's that's not typical that is quite unusual we're moving over into um world discovery and uh as we go through i should make note i don't know if you're ever aware of this but back in the days of future world the side of the park with the land and the seas and imagination was considered to be the right brain side um, more of the natural sciences as a result the landscaping and the features in that area tend to have curves and circles and and was um, was gentle in its curves and shapes on the other side of the park were test track and originally horizons but then mission space universe of energy and now guardians of the galaxy wonders of life that was considered to be the applied sciences and there the landscaping is much more angular it's more um, left brain it is more of um, uh, squared and um, angled shapes. And uh, that's where you can find in the middle of it, not far from, kind of sandwiched in between mission, uh, what is it, uh, mission space and test track. There are just a couple of little corner spaces in there that might be a little warm on a day like this. However, um, in other weather, they could be actually very quiet little cozy spaces here in this corner of Epcot. Okay, I am walking by Starbucks and if there was ever a sign of low attendance, it's the fact that there is no more than five people in line at a Starbucks with only one side open. That, that is a telling sign. Now, I decided because I was so disappointed by the carrot cake that I would try another dessert. I really wanted to try last time. Don't judge me on this. Just means I gotta swim more than two miles tomorrow. At any rate, 
It's a spice chocolate tart and it's offered from flavors from fire. And it is, um, it is just that. It's a spice chocolate tart, not, not too much kick to it. And it's got a barbecue potato crisp crust and, um, and kind of this smoked sea salt. It's got this little wafer that seems to be made of potato, barbecue potato chips, but it, it, it doesn't taste like a barbecue potato chip. It's actually the best dessert I've had. Is it one I'm gonna go back to? No, so it's high on the two, but it's not in a three. And that's interesting because the chimichurri marinated skirt steak taco, which I, was the first thing I tried when I did the review it's the only thing that I can honestly say is a three. Maybe I, maybe I gave the uh, meatless uh, buffalo uh, wings, maybe I gave them a three. They weren't bad either, but, but I don't see myself returning to that. The skirt steak taco has been the best thing on this. Uh, the tart uh, complements it. If you're trying to go for a pairing there, I think you ought to try the dessert alongside with the taco. Um, the, the chocolate was very dense, kind of like, um, kind of like fudge, uh, but a little easier to cut into. Any rate, uh, that kind of wraps up my review of all things food. I just wanted to talk about, well, one last corner of Epcot before I close today. And it's not really a corner per se. It's, it's a big area. It's the front of Epcot. But it's the time of day. If you can come to this part of the park long before the fireworks, although it, it is very nice after the fireworks as guests are leaving, but often you can catch Spaceship Earth and it's, uh, it shows. Uh, you can watch the monorail go by. There's plenty of spaces to just sit and watch the guests come by. And it's a very quiet corner of the park depending on the time of day and this time of day around 8, 8 p.m. that's a great time of day to actually enjoy this portion of the park especially when it's a little darker and you get that light show off of Spaceship Earth along with the fountains of Epcot you see the flags blowing in the wind it's a great way to culminate your day here at Epcot. Well, that does it for this whirlwind tour of Epcot. Um, we appreciate you joining us. We're going to put a link in the in the show notes and also on Disney Insights. Come join us on the Facebook page and share with us what is your favorite uh, cozy corner of Epcot. I know I know that Epcot is one of the more cavernous of all parks, but there are a lot of really great little nooks. Share with us what is your favorite. This podcast and post is provided by Myself and Performance Journeys, which is celebrating its 20th year as a training and development group bringing best in business ideas through books, keynotes, workshops, seminars, and online tools to help you take your organization to the next level. If you want a keynote speaker, well, more than just nice stories, I offer proven insight and solutions. Having worked in the trench, and do so in a engaging and uh, enjoyable interactive manner. 
You need some consulting? Well, my goodness, for coaching, consulting, I've worked for decades across the public, private, and nonprofit arena. Need support? We offer so many classroom, online, other resources to improve your customer delivery, your leadership excellence, employee engagement, and more. So contact us today and let us help you on your performance journey. Again, thank you for being part of this podcast. We appreciate your support. Share with others if you have a chance. And finally, in the words of Sinbad Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.